0: Welcome to another Logical Light, the bite-sized podcast from legal firm Yamalaba and Pleska here in Dubai. I'm Tim Once again, I'm at the Jumeirah Lakes Towers district with Ludmilla Yamalaba, the managing partner. Nice to see you again. Great to see you too. Question today.
1: Hello, my name is Sophia. So I have a commercial unit in JLT. Um, I've, been pay, I've been paid a bank transfer by my tenants but suddenly he stopped paying and I cannot reach him. So my agent informed me that I cannot leave the property out until I clear my current contract. Either I terminate or I I don't know exactly what I need to do. How can I proceed since I'm not getting paid, I'm losing money, how can I rent my property out?
0: So we're gonna be considering what you need to do if you are a commercial property owner. You have an office, for example, and your tenant isn't playing ball. I own the office. I have spare keys. I'm just going to take it back. Surely that's what I need to do.
1: Sounds easy enough, isn't it? However, it's not so easy in um, the UAE in particular. And it's understandable why so many landlords, as the default reaction, would just want to go and take that set of spare keys and re-enter the property and uh, re-let it to the next tenant. But um, not possible here for a number of reasons. Uh, One is legally and two in practical terms. Uh, from the legal standpoint, first of all, the law requires that to legally uh, repossess the property because that's what it would uh, be. Uh, you need a court order and not just a court order, but also a court order with the uh, 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 with the uh, the right uh, people at the door when you actually want to re-enter the property. The right people at the door would actually, in uh, in the UAE, would be the police. Um, so in brief, you need a court order and the police staff to um, to come to your office and um, re-enter the property and have the police document the state of the property and obviously whatever the items that might have been left behind in the property. So that is, in short, the proper process process for uh, for repossessing the property uh, for um, from from a tenant uh, that that's the and I can uh, I'll, I'll elaborate on the process itself uh, shortly but in the meantime from the practical standpoint it's also not so easy to uh, repossess the property and relate it to someone else and this is because of the UAEs uh, rather unique way of of um, Incorporating companies. So, in this particular case, uh, there is um, uh, the the office. uh, When, uh, so in in this particular, uh, in this particular case, the office uh, would have been linked to a trade license, and this is why. Uh, they, most people actually rent offices, and not n- necessarily because they need physical office, but mm-hmm. because in order to have a trade license, they require to have an office. So in this case, I would imagine that um, the tenant uh, rented the office and right away registered that office with the relevant authority. So for example, if you want to open a company, let's say in the uh, in t free zone, to apply for a license, you need to identify an office. And uh, once you have identified or presented that office to the TCOM authority, now that particular office will be registered with them as having been occupied. But before you do that, you need to register the office with Ijari, which is the government system in Dubai that, uh, where all commercial and residential units or rental agreements are registered. Uh, so now that office, that same office, has been registered with Ijari and has been registered with, let's say, TCOM. Uh, also, as part of the process, you need to uh, reconnect or connect all the utilities. So, uh, for example, DUAT that's Dubai Electricity and Water Authority. Du DUAD, which is the internet and phone provider. And District Cooling, uh, which is the Dubai's um, uh, air conditioning or AC system. Uh, so, here you go. have You have three other contractors, three other service providers, uh, all of whom now have your office registered. Uh, so, therefore... And that office is, by the way, when it's registered, it's registered to the tenant and mm-hmm. the tenant being the company. Uh, so now if you want, as a landlord, you want to re-enter the property uh, and just because you want to relet it or you want to release this to someone else, you can't really do anything with it until you've cleared all those accounts, until you deregistered from Ijari, until you've... Uh, you've cleared and deregistered all, um, all all the utilities from the name of the tenant, the previous tenant, and until you have deregistered it from the authority where it's registered. In, in this example, it's the TCOM authority. Now, any one of those agencies will not just uh, deregister uh, the contract or the property uh, from the tenant's name only because you, the landlord, came to them and you said, well, I do no longer want this property to be registered. Because for them there is a legal, there is a legal relationship that exists between the tenant and that particular service provider. So until you have shown to them that either that contract uh, or the, the lease agreement has been terminated, uh, or that there is a court order terminating the contract, uh, um, only then they will. Um, uh, they will deregister or clear the account from the name of the tenant
0: okay so i can't just barge in with my spare keys and take the property back forcefully that i understand so i, I then have to go to court what, what's the procedure
1: yes in dubai the uh, uh, the system where all re- uh, rental agreements or rental disputes are adjudicated is called the rdc which is the rental dispute center and at RDC, the, um, the process is um, just like it is in a court, except that here the judges are more specifically versed uh, and experienced in rental disputes. Right. And so there is a fee to be paid to the court, uh, which is about 5% or 3.5% of the annual rent uh, and or capped at 20,000 dirhams. Uh, for, um, uh, for filing a case with RDC. Uh, so if you're a landlord and you want to file in a particular case, you have to pay, let's say if, if you, the rental amount is 200,000 dirhams, you have to pay 3,500% of that to RDC just to file the, uh, the case. And then as is the case in all other uh, judicial forums in the UAE, uh, uh, all the pleadings, everything has to be presented in Arabic. And uh, then you have to serve the tenant, in this case the defendant, with the, uh, with the proceedings. Often that is um, the lengthiest part of the process, in particular in cases where, let's say if the tenant is, um, is not around, because the court needs to be convinced that you have properly notified the other party that there is a court proceeding or court case that's been filed against them. Uh, So that ultimately is the process. And then you have to prove to the court whatever it is that you want to prove. So in this case, for example, uh, you have two potential claims. One is for compensation for all the months uh, for which you have not been paid rent. And perhaps you can also tack on a claim for damages uh, as part of that. And then the other one is a claim for eviction, because not only do you want to get paid for Uh, For unpaid rent, but you also ultimately want to evict this particular tenant because he or she have proven to be unreliable.
0: Well, you mentioned there that very often tenants, you have to prove to the RDC that you have served your tenant uh, with notice. But what if your tenant isn't in the country? What if the tenant has... Run away and it's just impossible to, to serve them notice. What do you do then?
1: Well, there are two problems related to that particular issue when the tenant is not in the country mm. One is as you rightfully said the service of process that is more challenging and perhaps um, Will will lead to longer period of time uh, To initiate the court case only because of that and the other one is a practical issue uh, About uh, you know, the the cl- claiming compensation to begin with so let me start with the first one in terms of a service of process, there are ways by which you can serve someone when they're not in the country. And ultimately, it comes down to publishing in uh, in the newspaper, in the local newspaper. Okay. And however, before you can do that, you need to prove to the court that you have tried to serve the person or the company uh, personally and that you have failed. Uh, so it's not like you can right away publish in the newspaper and voila you have um, a, a valid service. No, you have you need to have tried to serve by the usual means, or in in the case of uh, uh, individuals, it's in person. In the case of company, it's the company's address, and you need to have proved that the the the, per- the the party on the other side has received. Uh, that service, and and then you need to show that, for example, you've tried to do it a few times and it's failed, and so and and uh, after uh, a few tries, the court will ultimately allow you to publish in the newspaper. And usually, it's uh, it, the request to publish uh, is in more than one newspaper. It's about three newspapers, just to make sure the idea is just to make sure that the person or the party really is aware of notice. Um, so that's the current process. Although the um, civil transaction and procedure rules or laws have recently been amended and in theory courts will now be more at liberty to serve um, the other side by by email or by um, by electronic means Uh, so uh, but for now it's still in physical form Um, so that's one problem with service process obviously because the tenant is not here it will take some time to chase the other more practical issue and that is okay well you file a court case uh, and now you have a judgment for compensation but the person is not here or the company is not mm. here so now you have a judgment for compensation but if you know the party is no longer in the country and they have no assets do you even bother spending resources and um, and time arguing this particular claim if you know ultimately it's going to be of no value
0: At what point along the process are you able to, if you are even able to do it, can you cancel a lease in order to move on?
1: Well, it's not simple. Um, You can cancel the lease if um, you have the other side's agreement. So the best thing to do in this particular case is get that tenant to sign on to the lease cancellation or early termination. But when the tenant does move out, uh, you can imagine that's not always easy. And particularly if it's a tenant who has defaulted and uh, perhaps has been threatened by the landlord before. So even if you as a landlord now reach out to the tenant and says, okay, listen, I I forgive you for all the money you owe me for the previous months. Please just sign this cancellation. uh, Chances are the person may not want to even open your email, let alone respond to it. So it's difficult. And so therefore this safer and legally the only correct way of doing it is for the courts so and it will be the court that will cancel ultimately that lease and uh, and then as part of the enforcement proceedings you will get the police involved and they will uh, examine the property and will allow you to re-enter it and then you with that court judgment you can go to the relevant authorities and have them update their records that um, the previous tenancy agreement has now been cancelled.
0: So Miller, you get the judgment from the court, you then head to the property, police uh, are leading, uh, of course, I guess that's the proper way to put it, you then enter the property, but it's kind of likely that the previous tenant's belongings are there, and I, that's surely got to be a legal minefield as well.
1: Well, exactly, and this is uh, this is why there is this requirement of re-entering the property with the police right. by your side, and that is exactly to do that to document what is uh, on premises. Right. Because remember, it could be some property that's left behind, but it could also be, uh, let's say, scene of a crime. Or, for example, there could be valuables there that um, ultimately you want to make sure that it's been documented that you have not taken these valuables because we have heard of claims where later on the tent comes forward and says, well, in fact, I had some valuable items left behind and you have now stolen them. So the only uh, actual proof that you can show that there was nothing of value that you personally uh, have taken is by having police witnessing uh, the, um, the process. Um, so now if, um, if you've come here with the police and then the police have um, now are there to document exactly what's going on with the, with the property. So if there's no suspicious activities, that's uh, one issue off the list. Now there could be some property left behind. There could be uh, furniture, there could be computers, phones, files. And so the police has to document all that. And now what do you do with it? Mm. Well, the, the, the proper way of disposing of that property, because once again, it's possible the tenant will later come and want to claim that property and they have full legal right to do so. The fact that they haven't paid you is a separate legal claim. They will have a claim against you for having seized their property and not compensated them for it. So the proper way of disposing of this property is, for example, through an auction So, if there's enough property there that is of value, uh, then that property should be auctioned off. uh, In Dubai, it's called the Emirates Auction, which is a government related auction site, where in such court proceedings, all the items are auctioned off. And so that would be the proper way of doing it. And then whatever proceeds that are raised through the auction would ultimately reside with the court in the event the tenant ever shows up and claims anything, that they'll be able to claim it from um, that source. So that's one way of doing it. The other way, and that is the police, for example, can offer for... Uh, or they would need to bring in someone to evaluate the uh, the value of the property and then they can offer it to the landlord to buy it and um, just to uh, uh, just to document that that property has not been sort of seized um, without compensation. Uh, so you can see it's not so simple and this is why a lot of landlords. Um, are fairly, you know, fairly dis, uh, disenchanted or um, uh, disappointed by the process, but the real, but really, the reason that process exists is to protect them as well.
0: Can I just get back to the auction side for a moment? Assuming that the items do go to auction, where do they reside until they're auctioned? You can't move them from the office, I'm guessing.
1: Well, you could. Oh, you and could. The, Yes, you could. The, right. And and ultimately, the police would ensure that the property is being taken out of the office and stored in whatever relevant facilities. But at that point, it's no longer your, your responsibility. But you do want to make sure that uh, the property is out of your premises uh, so that you were not later held accountable.
0: Okay, one final question. Is is there any uh, kind of stipulation that timing could or maybe might have a role? Is there a specific period of unresponsiveness from a tenant? Uh, are there any obligations under the law? that you could employ legally to get the property back earlier? Is that something that's been thought?
1: Well, the only uh, the only obligation that exists is uh, for the landlord to notify the tenant of the default. So in this case, when the tenant stops paying, the landlord should notify properly through a legal notice um, that the default has occurred and give tenant 30 days, to uh, remedy their default and after 30 days if the breach continues then the ten, uh, then the landlord can file uh, the court proceedings uh, to either claim compensation or eviction or both, but that's really the only timeline that is um, that is in the law that requires the landlords to wait um, before they can file a formal proceedings. But other than that, uh, it doesn't matter whether the, land- the, the tenant has defaulted only for three days or three months, uh, as long as there's this, that 30-day notice, um, the, the landlord can file a court proceeding.
0: The question today, I have an office that I rent out. The tenant is unresponsive or appears to have run away. What should I do? That was another edition of Logical Light. If you have a legal question you'd like answered in a future podcast, if you'd like a consultation with a qualified legal professional, all you have to do is click on the contact button at lylawyers.com. Don't forget, every week we try to answer your legal questions either in a Logical Light bite-sized podcast like this one, or in our slightly more detailed full-length logical podcasts.